welcome in from News 5. I believe she is back here in Cleveland after a night out in Cincinnati. <laughs> Camera Justice joins us. Thanks for having me. Sorry about all the chaos that I have caused. I've just been going through it. But, yeah, back back here in Northeast Ohio after going down to Kentucky to, <laughs> to see Taylor Swift in Cincinnati. <laughs> so, so first off, how was Taylor Swift? How was she? Incredible. Uh, it's incredible. I know, like, she's pop star and everyone's like, you know, she's everywhere. But she, it, it really is. I've seen a lot of concerts. I like a lot of different music. Taylor Swift, this tour and before it with Reputation Tour, best concerts that I've been to. She's just, she's incredible. It was, it was definitely worth it. It was, it was a hassle. It was a lot to get there. This was, it was not a fun process to go to the Eras tour, but no, I'm super glad I went. Definitely worth it and a great time. Wait, wait a minute. Did you wait? So, so my girlfriend, Rebecca, we went to Cincinnati. She went to the concert for night one. Uh, did you wait in the merchandise stand? No, I was there night two. Uh, we went down there and I didn't have two tickets. Like it was, it, we didn't have two tickets when we went down there. <laughs> Wait, and I needed two tickets. Oh, yeah. No, it was a whole thing. I bought them in the parking lot, like, right before we went in. And she went on an hour early at night, too, because of weather. So it was so stressful, unbelievably expensive. I wish that I couldn't, didn't have to say that. It was – for other people, they'd be like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? But, like, it was worth it for me. Uh, but we went in and just went went straight to our seats, got some drinks, and – because she went on early. And then when we were leaving, they still had, they had like, the merch – uh, with like, around and I wasn't one of those people that needed like the crew necks. Like there's like a, there's like a hot commodity. Yeah. Like items. That's not me. I was like, all right, we stopped by one of the tables. They were just trying to get rid of stuff. I got a t-shirt. I was like, all right, cool. Good. good. <laughs> my, my girlfriend made a whole, like she, she made a, a, like the bracelets and stuff. I got a bracelet. And, yeah. And I didn't oh. make any, but a little, there was like a little 12 year old girl in our section and she saw I didn't have any and she had like 200 and she gave me one so I've been wearing it I wore it on air today right <laughs> I wonder if anyone's gonna notice this crazy little <laughs> friendship bracelet that I'm wearing on TV but <laughs> so 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 camera camera justice news five joined us here uh like so we talked a lot of the first hour it's like okay uh she performed in Detroit Pittsburgh and Cincinnati uh Beyonce is gonna perform in Detroit and Pittsburgh among other cities uh, neither of these concerts are here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, the the amount of money you don't have to give give away how much you spent, <laughs> but between the tickets and the t shirts and and anything else, you know what you know, food and drink, gas, hotel. Uh, I'm sure you you spent a lot of money in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Oh, plenty, and that's the thing. The the city expected ninety two million dollars of revenue with the two nights of Taylor Swift. Cincinnati, that's how much they expected, up to ninety two million dollars of revenue just from Taylor Swift fans being in the city and going to that concert. And it's just such a bummer. I mean, like even I did the three the three big artists, right? Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Drake. Not one of them performed in Cleveland. And you even get the Cleveland base, like the, the chaos that is happening with Kid Cudi and Moon Man's landing. It's just it's such a bummer. But you've got with the, with the stadium tours, 
like there's there's Cleveland Brown Stadium. It's right there. So why aren't they coming here? And, and there's a lot of like the taxes and the price that it is in Cleveland. I just did a story about the entertainment, you know, coming to Northeast Ohio today. Like Cleveland missed out on three big things, but you know the Savannah Bananas are down in Akron playing at Canal Park right now, and that's a hot commodity. It's it's kind of minor league exhibition baseball, but I mean that ballpark is packed, eight thousand people both nights people outside tailgating the Savannah Bananas game that like you can have there Ohio and Northeast Ohio has a draw. It's just like what you're willing to, how you're willing to negotiate and how you're willing to navigate it. Cause it is a really big shame that, you know, <laughs> Cleveland Brown stadium didn't get the Eras tour, didn't get Renaissance, didn't get Drake coming here. Like th- these are, these are really big things that we have a stadium for. And it just, now you get people driving from Cleveland to Cincinnati. I had a, I, one of my tickets that I had to get rid of. Uh, a girl from New Jersey bought it and drove to Cincinnati from New Jersey. And, and you like, said what ninety-two what million dollars driven? Ninety-two that? million dollars for two days. Yep. And that's I mean that's the thing. People will travel. Go back to that Savannah Bananas. We I met a family. They were twenty-one deep. Twenty-one of them <laughs> drove in from outside of Pittsburgh for the Savannah Bananas game in Akron. People travel. They were like, we'd never come to Akron. And they're spending money tonight. They're going golfing in Northeast Ohio tomorrow. Like The, the people that come here for these events, they use our sports stadiums and, and venues for events, and then the money goes into the cities. And it's like, Cleveland's got to get it. We had, There's so many different events, right? Right. The, the draft, the to- I mean, Mac tournament every year, but like NCAA tournament, we have all of these different things back to back to back. And it's like, okay, well now like the concerts are what fill those gaps. You got to get those concerts in here. You've got to get those events that are, they're touring. And it's, it's a bummer. It really is. Right. And, and it's, it is actually because we'll all say like, okay, Blossom is drawing, you know, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. You're getting concerts there. Lizzo was there not mm-hmm. too long ago. Uh, even Progressive Field, the, the Walk the Moon. You, there was a post-game concert what, last last weekend, last Saturday. Uh, yep. So they're getting events. The, the sporting, they're getting stuff. Brown Stadium is not getting the events. And I'm sure, you know, like – you know what? Beyonce came to Brown Stadium in 2018, not coming back. And, you know, I think we've seen examples, and you, we've both seen it in Cincinnati, where it's not just about the football stadium. There has to be stuff around the football stadium in order to drive the economy, and, and we don't have that here. Yeah, I mean, Beyonce, one of them, again, Taylor Swift was here for her reputation tour, and she didn't come back for the Eras tour. But we, there's got to be a draw. I think that's a big thing, and, and the Haslam's know it, right? That. Jimmy and Dee Haslam want, want that land bridge. They want lakefront development. It's just about the money. It's about getting that city on board. It's about the actual execution of developing that area because it's difficult. There, there's been a lot of road bumps, but it is something – it is promising to see that people want it. Now that just has to happen because can you – I mean, if you can imagine, just the, the connectivity between, you know, Rocket Morgan Fieldhouse and Progressive Field, that's a beautiful thing. It's right there. You go across the street. There's bars. There's East Fourth. But 
Cleveland Brown Stadium's got to have something like that too, right? Like it can't just be parking lot and water. And they started to the. It seemed like there was something in the works. I think there was like during the NFL draft when they tore down those shelters and like made that a place. Having a stage there, great location. I think people started to get the vision. And it's a process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but. The Browns have a great location right there, uh, and, and you just got to figure out a way to develop it and, and make it so that you can use that stadium when the season's not in for really cool things outside of football. Yeah, definitely. They got to find a way to make that happen. Cameron Justice of News 5 joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Anthony Alpha here with you. All right, let's get to the Cavaliers, and uh, let me get your thoughts on the moves in general that they have made uh, since the start of free agency over the weekend. Uh, me personally, I like what they have done, uh, particularly with shooting and stuff, the additional uh, shooters that they have added to the team. Uh, what do you think about the moves the Cavaliers have made? I really like it. I do. Uh, I think that, you know, adding George Niang and, and Max Struess, like that's, they, they're guys that are going to get you points. <laughs> and that's what. And so many times throughout the season, you're like, where are our shooters? <laughs> where Where is the scoring? And I think that's that's something you get them, that instant boost to that area. I am, and, and I, what they gave up, I don't hate it. I do hate that Lamar Stevens is, is gone because I think that the Cavs had the best chance of giving him a chance and kind of showcasing that, that, that scrappy, he's a junkyard dog, right? He's he's great on defense. He can get you points. He'll drive it in. He's that guy you can put in and be reliable. I don't think they used him enough. I would have liked to see him more. And I am sad to see him go. Uh, and and Jetty, I mean, obviously, what what a time. <laughs> Jetty's been a part of this team uh, in, in some big moments. And, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go. I am not as... I guess, sad to, to see him as part of the deal. I think the deal was a really good one. I think the, the Cavs did it right. Uh, it is, but Jetty was one of those ones that he kind of just felt like the past couple seasons he could have gone at any time, right? You're looking at the trade deadline, and it's like, okay, well, what are they gonna, where are they going to send Jetty? He felt like that kind of piece of the team that was expendable, was movable. Uh, and so it didn't shock me as much. And Lamar Stevens the same way. They didn't use him a lot, right? So – but I just – I felt like the Cavs had a really good chance of kind of bringing the best out of Lamar Stevens, and I, I would have loved to see him more in wine and gold. Um, but I like what they did. I like the way that they moved the pieces that could have been moved and, and addressed a very big area of need for the team. Yeah, it was just something that, quite honestly, they had to do. So, I, so will these moves help, you know – Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley, the the the, the core four that you be you know that we've been talking about. Uh, how will these moves help the core four, you know, on the floor? Like, what are they envisioning? Uh, what they want to do uh, going into the season and ultimately next year's playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you, you hope that it gives them that little that extra edge because in in the grand scheme of things. The Cavs went out and made the big, big splash last year with Donovan Mitchell, right? You're not going to get that again this season. They're not, that's not, they're not in a rebuild. They, they are past that rebuild. Donovan Mitchell was that main piece. Now you've got to find guys that can play to the, the weaknesses that you had the year before. And I think that these two moves do that 
for the Cavs. And I think getting the ability to kind of space the floor out with some shooters and, and know that Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to put up 71 points to win a game. He can have some scoring outside of him and, and Darius Garland. And that That is huge. That is really and, – and it's been a struggle right through the core four. Evan Mobley had really, really good moments last year and also had some struggles, right? Isaac Okoro was very hot and cold. Uh, and and then Jared Allen had moments and, and, and struggled too. So you, you've got – their, their starters had the, the ups and the downs. I think when you add guys in like Struess and Niang, you kind of you answer that the call of having guys that you can rely on to score, to get buckets, and not have to look around like what's the bench, <laughs> what's the bench doing, putting up nothing. Yeah, you you have guys you can fall back to and know that when you need them to, they can score. They they've shown that they're reliable. That's what this does. I think that puts less pressure on the core for lets them play free and, and opens up that game for them. Cause right. Like last season, they didn't have that. It was a lot of pressure in big moments where you either got to take over to win this game or you're not going to win. And I, I think this kind of relieves that it, it gives more depth and, and these guys can play to a level that the Cavs need them to deeper onto the bench. Uh, final question for you, Cam, before I let you go. Uh, and this is just, I, I'm not even asking on behalf of the audience. I'm, this is about me here, because that's what I do. I, this is about me. Um, is it time for me to finally get over that Cavs playoff loss to the New York Knicks? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm not gonna, yet. I'm going to clear. Let it, let, let, it, let, it, let it build. Let it fester a little bit. Manifester, you're allowed. You're, it's fine. Nothing's happening. We got summer league coming up. You've got plenty of time to keep dwelling on it a little bit. Stay a little, stay a little bitter. That's gonna, that's gonna bode well because when the when the season comes around and they start off a little hot, you're gonna be like, oh, I forgot all about that, and it's gonna feel better. So hold on to it. No, it's not too late. It was that was painful. It shouldn't have gone that way. Everybody knows it. They know that. The team knows that. You can hold on to it. I want you to hold on to it. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> it's going to make it feel better as the season. And, and these pieces, if they start to work the way they, they look like they might, I feel like you're going to feel a lot better about the season earlier on. Uh, I was told I was being too petty. You know, anytime, like, you know, and like my producers, they like, like out of nowhere, you just reference like the playoff loss and the blowouts and stuff. <laughs> they're like, they're like, double A, you need to calm down. Like, you need to calm down. You know, no. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, this, this no, this is not Taylor Swift lyric. No, it's not. You don't need to calm down. Listen, we know very well in Cleveland what it looks like to have a chip on your shoulder. Everyone hates that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, the chip on the shoulder, yes, man. Yes. Like some, <laughs> sometimes it's worth keeping on there because, and I'm, I'm like the queen of petty. So like, I'm not going to ever tell you to not be petty, be petty. Let it, let it linger. Feel that, that anger, the frustration, replay that memory. Cause it's going to feel better when things are better. That's how I see it. All right. I hope you didn't just drop, drop like a bunch of Taylor Swift lyrics on me. I just want to make sure it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a whole educational lesson on Taylor Swift. Thanks to, uh, thanks to my girlfriend on the drive to Cincinnati. <laughs> 
you would have continued that conversation on the fan when we're supposed to be talking sports, and I just hit you with Taylor Swift for like minutes at a time. Unbelievable. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Camera Justice News 5, appreciate you. Thank you so much.